Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Maggie Huff emailed me at pods at rnz.co.nz to tell me about one of her favourite shows, Something Rhymes with Purple. It's an informative and amusing look at language hosted by two word nerds, Susie Dent and Giles Brandreth, who are also regulars on the long-running British quiz show Countdown. In this episode, they reflect on whips, filibusters and some of the other strange expressions used around Parliament. Don't turn off, but today we're talking about politics. Yes, politics. Hello and welcome to the podcast Something Rhymes with Purple. With me, Susie Dent and Giles Brandreth, who's sitting opposite me in my kitchen, which as we've established in previous uh, previous episodes is full of bananas and not much else, hence the echo. So forgive us for that. But I love a banana. You love a banana. That's and I told you last time we were together... When you said, what word would I have tattooed on my body if I was to have a tattoo? And I'm not planning to, but I'd have the word yeks because I discovered it when I used to play a lot of Scrabble and found it to be a very useful Scrabble word, Y-E-X. And I, you couldn't guess what it was. You thought no. when I gave you multiple choice, it was part of a horse's hoof. And I told you it's a kind of a hiccup, an old word for a hiccup. And you doubted that. But you've done your homework since what is a yeks? Yeah, well, it is a hiccup, although the first meaning was a sob or a gasp or a gulp. So it kind of evolved from there into um, a hiccup. goes back to our Germanic invaders and the German Gescon, I guess, which is Old High German, meaning to yawn. So there you go. So it's like sternutation, which is also yawning. And how do you spell it? Y-E-X? Y-E-X, or originally it was Y-E-S-K, yesk. Well, I got one over on you last week with yeks, Mm. and I think you're going to get one over on me this week because what I want to ask you is this. I've long told this story. Uh, As you know, I was a Member of Parliament uh, briefly in the 1990s, and I loved telling the story as a consequence of uh, the lines on the floor of the Chamber of the House of Commons. The two, when you're speaking in a debate... If you picture the House of Commons, the Chamber of the House of Commons, you will know that people are opposite one another. And if you've looked closely at the green carpet, you'll see there's a thin red line in front of each of the two front benches. Well, when I arrived in Parliament, it was explained to me that members of Parliament don't shake hands with one another. This is because the origin of chivalry you was the handshake came to show that you were friends. You didn't, you know, because at the House of Commons we're all honourable members, we don't need to make that proof. So there are no handshakes, the House of Commons, and uh, no swords, no daggers, because we're all there as friends. And they take this very seriously. And in the Chamber of the House of Commons, there are these two thin red lines between the two front benches. And those two, and you mustn't step over the lines in a debate. And the two thin red lines are an exact distance apart. The distance is the distance of two outstretched arms and two full-length swords. So in the House of Commons, sword fighting is not allowed. Sword fighting is strictly taboo. Backstabbing, of course, is quite a different matter. Anyway, the (laughs) point is that those two thin red lines, I used to say you had to stay behind them or you'd be ruled out of order. That was the origin of the expression 
towing the line. That is what I thought. I hate being the party pooper. Oh. Everything I do, I'm the party pooper. And the one that comes along and says, pop to your balloon. I'm sorry about this. The OED would disagree a little bit and that they think it originated in the US. You know, so many things that we think of being quintessentially British end up being American, like stiff upper lip was American in origin, believe it or not. I mean, honestly, you couldn't get more Stephen Fry, could you, than stiff upper lip. Um, Tow the line, it says US 1813, and it started off as towing the mark, and then towing the line... 1834, all to do with being on a ship. Oh, actually, it's to stand in a row. I'm reading the OED here. Um, And then to present oneself in readiness for a race contest or undertaking. So that was the first, so actually to be at the starting line um, rather than sort of be behind, you know, a a line and then conform to the required standards. So it's kind of shifted over time. Is this one true? In the bag, because as you'll see, if you're standing as you come into the House of Commons, you'll see the speaker is on a dais at the other end. Mm-hmm. What you don't see is behind the speaker's chair is a, a, a literally a physical bag uh, that you can put petitions in. And the expression was putting things in the bag. It's in mm. the bag meant I've delivered this petition to Parliament. It's in the bag. The bag does exist behind the speaker's chair. Is that the origin of the expression, it's in the bag? <laughs> Pause for effect. Pause for flinching on my part. According to my dictionary, yeah. um, it's a game bag. So it's a game. It's, it's like if you're out poaching or if you're um, officially shooting game, which I wouldn't ever recommend, you would put your booty in the bag, in the game bag, apparently. Well- well, According that's a this. fine start to my week, two of my favourite <laughs> no, stories from Parliament. Is, obviously, they've had then a, a wonderful life in the political sphere, so it's, that doesn't, it doesn't discount them at all. It's just that their origins might have been slightly different. Well, tell me about parliamentary terms, parliamentary language, stuff that really does genuinely have its origins in the world of politics and Parliament. OK, well, I'll start off with uh, Roman times um, and the word candidate. A uh, candidate is a relative of a candida, which most people will think of when they think of thrush. Let's move on quickly. Um, or being candid is white, basically. Candid is meant white. And it goes back to Roman wannabes for public office who would wear white, pristine white togas in order to symbolise their purity and integrity, which quite often wasn't the case. Amazing. Um, so they would swan around in white togas and they were the original white clad candidates. So a candidate is a white-clad person yes. who is purer than pure, literally whiter than white. That is amusing. Remember Martin Bell, wasn't he? He had, he had the white suit. He was. He, white, he stood he? as an independent uh, in the 1997 election against uh, Neil Hamilton. That's right. Because there had been allegations sleaze, made uh, of sleaze yes, against Neil that's Hamilton. Right. It was the decade of sleaze. Uh, and that was, oh, yes, and he was elected. Mm. And I think then even possibly re-elected. The man in the white suit, that's mm. why he wore the white suit. I don't know if that's why he wore it, but it was I a nice link. He, well, it was his, like I used to have colourful jumpers, Martin Bell had white suits. But isn't that amusing? They're purer than pure. Look at the candidates now for anything. Well, anyway, on we go. So that's the origin <laughs> okay, of so Give me another one. This is interesting. And then in Roman times, they would walk about in order to canvass their votes. And the um, Latin for walking about was ambire. It's linked to ambulare, with the idea of ambulance being ambulant. Uh, it's linked to ambient. There's so many words in English. Anyway, they would walk about canvassing their votes and they were ambitious. 
Um, so ambition goes back to those Roman candidates who walked around in search of votes from the I'm slack-mouthed. The origin of the word ambition relates to politics, the candidates ambulating, showing their ambition. Yes. That's where it all began. Yes. Oh, Boris, there's nothing new. Of course, (laughs) he might have known this because I think he's a bit of a classicist. He's also a throttle bottom, which is another great political epithet that I love. That's a bit personal. I think think that Boris is a bit of a throttle bottom. if he'll forgive me. Uh, throttle bottom is a bumbling, slightly inept person in public office. Snollygoster. Forgive me. What is the origin of throttle bottom? Throttle bottom um, was, it's a very good question. It's the name of a character. Um, is it a Victorian novel of some kind? Is it a Dickens character? It's not Dickens. I'm looking at Mr. Throttle bottom. I'm my search history in this. Uh, it's the book of the I sing by George Kaufman. Kaufman. Oh. And Mr. Alexander Throttlebottom runs for Vice President of the United States, and I imagine he was rather inept. George S. Kaufman was a brilliant American humorist who wrote movies and plays. Hmm. Uh, I happen to know that, so I'm throwing it in. And he they created did. Mr. Throttlebottom. He did. What was the other one you mentioned? I think you have heard you say this before. Snollygoster. I've definitely, definitely what, what's mentioned not, What's a Snollygoster? Snollygoster is an entirely corrupt politician. Ah, well, we don't know any of those. So... We don't know any of those. It goes back to uh, an old US word, Snallygaster, who was a mythical monster that would eat children and a bit like Bugbear, which was a, a similar thing. Parents would use the presence or the or the imminent presence of the Bugbear or the Snallygaster as a warning to their kids. If they didn't do what they were told, they would be eaten by the Snallygaster. Some of Something Rhymes with Purple, hosted by Susie Dent and Giles Brandreth, produced by Paul Smith for Something Else. And thanks a lot for the tip, Maggie. If you've got a favourite podcast to share, please email me at pods at rnz.co.nz and I'll try my best to feature it on a future show. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast hour from RNZ. If you're enjoying the show and it's helping you find new stuff to listen to, then please tell other people about us. Maybe mention it to a friend or a family member. And do please rate and review us on Apple or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from. Not only does this help other people find us, but it also lets me know if I'm on the right track with the number of clips. Do you want some fewer stories, longer interviews? Just let me know about it. And I'm also really interested in finding out how people want me to podcast and publish stuff online. At the moment, I release the whole show in one chunk and also in shorter slices of individual shows too. But if this is just a pain and it's easier to just get everything in one programme, you don't have to fiddle around with and curate, just say the word and it shall be done. Thank you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.